an Ironic Media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. All right, welcome back to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. If this podcast has been broadcasting healing vibes into your life, please follow on Apple and Spotify and leave a review. Your review helps other people find this podcast and the transformations continue. And don't forget to share this podcast with anyone you think will benefit. Let's heal together. Hey, 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 it's Amy, your hosting coach. I hope you're enjoying the summer just as much as I am, if not more. This summer, I've selected my most favorite episodes of all time because after 200 episodes, I have quite a lot of content and I don't want you to miss these episodes. We're going to be listening to stories about near-death experiences talking to angels, how to navigate a dark night of the soul, and how to upgrade your health and change your mindset. These episodes will definitely be worth your time and attention. So let's get started. Welcome to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this show, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll hear incredible stories of transformation and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for well over a decade. My connection with energy is so strong and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. All right, I already know this is gonna be an amazing conversation. I have stalked this woman's Facebook, Instagram, her website, I saw her picture and I knew she had something to say to us. So here she is. This is T. Renee Smith. She is the CEO of iSuccess Consulting Inc. and is known as a business scalability strategist. First of all, I just told her that her branding is amazing and is right on point. It is definitely sending the right message to people who are energetically sensitive. She is dedicated to empowering 1 million CEOs globally to build a holistic life and business. She's the author of the best-selling book, The CEO Life, where she translates the lessons she learned from her own success and failures in business, which is awesome. And she has helped raise over 30 million in capital for small businesses, 30 million, and is the wife and mom of two children and a bonus daughter. Sorry. And the bonus daughter. Cool. So welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're here. Okay, you read that whole bio with energy, like all the way through. I've never had that to happen. After the first or second line, it just kind of goes away. So thank you. Thank Uh, you for that. You're welcome. (laughs) I'm truly excited to talk to you. Please tell us about your journey because I know it's not your typical CEO's journey, or maybe it is, and you have more insight about that than I do. But you were running a business, you were young, you lost it, and then tell us what happened. And then everything just went, it just crashed. It just burned. (laughs) I think what's funny is I have a similar journey to most CEOs. I think that a lot of people just don't share it. So Mm. when they come out with this, okay, I've made it. This is my yacht. This is the red bottom shoes. This is the jet that I'm on. But they don't tell you that this is 20 years in the making. I don't remember who said it, but it was like overnight success takes 15 years. Mm. And so it definitely was a journey for me. So I started off at 19 with my first business. And at the time I was interning with Coca-Cola and AT&T. And I knew that wasn't for me. I was in there trying to tell these people what to do and how to do it. And they were like, you are in college. You are not going to tell us what to do. But I just realized at that point, me working a corporate job, that's just not 
who I was. I'm very innovative, out of the box, and I'm going to tell you how I feel. And so I met a business partner. I was dating him at the time. You got to be weary sometimes about going in business with somebody that you just date. You don't really know him. But he was like, I want to start a business. I was like, yes, let's do it. (laughs) And 10 years later, I realized that our values were not aligned and there were some things that were going on behind the scenes that landed me in legal trouble. And I ended up spending 48 months in prison. Oh and God goodness. had 40. Hold on for the rest of us. Wait, what is that? Five years? 1,095. I left four, <laughs> a little bit over four. I'm like 1,950, you know, 95 days, two seconds, three hours. <laughs> Jeez, wow. That's horrible. So whatever 48 divided by 12 is, is I think five or six. Four, four mm-hmm. is four. four years. Mm-hmm. Okay, four years, right. 36. It seemed five. like six. You're right. It did <laughs> seem like that. Like that. I love you. All right. So <laughs> so once you, you landed in prison, I mean, that is horrible. How did you handle that? And so what's funny is I had just, so during this process, I met my husband. And Wait, so I read, which yes. process? So when I was going through the legal process, even before I went to prison, I met my husband. So like on okay. our very first right. date, I had on an ankle bracelet. Like it, it just was a hot mess, just a hot mess. But God sent him to me. And so we got married because uh, soon as it just takes, the process takes a long time. And so during this process, I met my husband, we got married. And then when I found out about my sentence, I realized that I was pregnant. And so when I went in, when I went in, as I say, to vacation, I was four months pregnant with my very first child, which was, which was my son, my oldest son. And so it just was a lot that was going on at that time. (laughs) Well, I just don't even know what happens then. Like what I'm looking, my eyes are just so wide. Seriously, what happens? So they at that time had a program where I was able to stay in the program for 11 months with my son. And then my husband raised him and I went back to finish, finish serving my time. It was such, as we were talking earlier, some people just have this aha moment, this awakening. Mine was like a process because even prior to then, God was talking to me and saying, this is not the direction you need to go. This is So he was whispering, then he whispered a little bit louder. And then I think after a while, he was like, this girl is not paying attention. I'm going to have to send her and show her. And so he placed me in a situation where he set me down. And so it happens for a lot of people. It could be through illness. It could be the, through the loss of family. But something normally will happen in somebody's life to catapult them of sitting down and reflecting. And so my process started when one day I walked into my 8,000 square foot home, the pool, the jacuzzi, the Hummer, the Mercedes, all of that. And the next day I, I completely lost everything. And I was moving back into my parents' house with the clothes that I had on my back. And that was it. And so I realized, like, I don't know who I am. I don't have any worth and value that is not attached to things. Mm. And so even prior to me going away on vacation, as I call it, that started my process of figuring out who am I, what do I like? Because the relationship that I was in and the business partner, it was not healthy. It was very toxic. It was mentally, emotionally abusive. And so I didn't even know what I liked at the time or who I was. So that started my journey of self-reflection on figuring out who I was. So then when I was in forced solitary confinement, literally and figuratively, that's when I started my journey of really figuring out who I was and what my purpose was. That's amazing. When you were in there, were you starting to develop the business that you have now or? It's so funny because so many of us, we start our business on Monday and we want by Friday to be six or seven figures, right? (laughs) And so... (laughs) We're like, I attended this webinar. I watched this podcast. They grew $40 million. I need to do it too. So the exact same things that I'm doing now, 
were cultivated then. Like I was teaching mm-hmm. business when I was there. I had a women's ministry, a marriage ministry, like most of the things that I am doing now were there. And this was well over 10 or 12 years. And so it was cultivated there. And I just continued day in and day out. A lot of people, I I heard a quote, and I don't remember who said it it was like, we underestimate what can be done in five years or 10 years. And we Mm. overestimate what can be done in a year. So, so many of us get tired. We get frustrated. We want to throw in a towel because it's not happening immediately when we want it. But what I've learned is like your character has to be developed. Your mindset has to be developed. Like you have to grow for each level that you're growing to. You have to grow into a different version of yourself. Wow. Don't believe that. (laughs) Yeah. So we have this vision of this is where we want to be. But literally our character, our mindset, our discipline, our work ethic is here. And so it's not that it takes so long to get here. It's just that all of the growth and the work that you have to do to align with your vision. So God couldn't give me what I have now 10, 12 years ago because I wasn't ready. I would have lost it. Like I remember when I was 19, I was, well, maybe it was about my early 20s. I was in Entrepreneur Magazine. I was in Cosmopolitan Magazine. I didn't have a character to develop. Like I, I didn't know what to do. Like all these people were coming at me. I couldn't take it. I couldn't handle it. I wasn't ready. And so oftentimes we want things, but we're just not ready for them. Right. So what do you think was the thing that got you to develop your character, grow your mindset? Life, because it was not happening. It it did. There were times where it didn't matter what I was doing, how hard I was working. It just was not happening. And so I am very much a alpha female or very much a, I want it this way. I want it to happen this way. And it just was not happening. I was just running into brick wall after brick wall. And so I realized that I'm the common denominator. And so I am going to have to change. Like it wasn't working in my marriage. I was struggling with the relationship with my kids. It wasn't working in the business, my health. So just in every area, I was like, I am the common denominator. I have to be able to do something different. I mean, it's only so long that you can be like, where's my husband's spot? Where's my kid's right, spot? Right, where's right. my client's spot? Is everybody else's fault? It's, <laughs> it's so not constructive either, right? Because it just perpetuates the problems. And you just yeah. stated. And so again, like some people have this awareness of, okay, aha moment, this isn't working. But it, it took me some time. Like I, I was trying everything and I don't like to use the word try, but I'm, I'm just going to say it. I was trying everything and nothing was working. Right. Try is a weasel word. Exactly. You're going to do it or you don't. Don't, right. Oh, Amy, I love it. (laughs) I love you. So basically what you were saying is basically it took 15 years for you to grow your business back to where you thought it would be. And it was, and you were in alignment with it, right? Yeah. And it was not an easy path. Like I've done so many things that were out of alignment. And what's funny is I knew 15 years ago that I have a gifting and a calling to work with women entrepreneurs. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And so a lot of times, like we will have the nudge and we will know, but then we're like, well, how am I going to make money doing it? Well, Mm -hmm. how is this going to happen? Well, I don't really feel like sharing my story. I Mm -hmm. I don't really want. So most of the time, your ideal client is is you. It it is you. It's what you've gone through. It's who you are. It's who you struggle, what you struggle with. You're normally just a couple of steps ahead. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't feel like teaching women how to heal. And so really it's like healing your inner CEO because you will never outgrow your mindset. And so I knew this like 15 years ago, not as strongly as convicted as I am now. 
But I knew it back then. I was just like, I don't want to do that. I was like, I'm going to work with corporate where they pay me big. I am going to do that. So how do you heal your CEO? Number one is you have to be honest with yourself. Like you have to take a long, hard, like I thought I was the bomb.com. I did. <laughs> and then when I got in therapy and started pulling back those layers, I was like, mm, well, I'm not as awesome as I thought I was. Most people just are not willing to take a hard look at themselves and to take ownership. Like even if the most devastating things have happened to you, mm-hmm. you didn't deserve it. You still have to take ownership of how you are going to use those situations to heal and to propel you. And so the very first step is you have to be honest with yourself. And the the way that you get honest with yourself is like you sincerely get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Because we go (laughs) through this stage of, I am so tired of this. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of it. We go through that. And then we go through a phase of contemplation. Mm, I know I really do need to change that, but you know what I mean? I might have to get up early. I might have to work out. I might have to change what I'm eating. I might have to get rid of some friends. So now we're contemplating. So that Mm -hmm. could last a little bit or a long time. And then it comes to a phase where you say, you know what? I am committed to change. And so most people, they bounce back and forth between awareness and contemplation, but never get to the phase of commitment to change because healing is not easy. It is a process. And I mean, like you have to really do the work. Like it is like a job. And so most people don't do it. They think it's easier for them to just kind of stay where they are, but it's not because you're either growing or you're dying. And so most people think that you're growing or staying the same, but that's not true. And you know that, Amy, that's not true. Yeah, yeah. I just keep nodding my head. This is so great. I feel like all week I've just been saying when people ask me, like, how do you transform your life? How do you heal? I'm like, just be brutally honest with yourself. Just be brutally honest and just really look at the things that you don't want to look at. And like you said, it is work. It is not something to be taken lightly. It is not just spiritually bypassing. You're not just skipping over things. Like you got to do it. You got to be walking through the garden. Yeah, yeah. I love this. So what else should we do if we want to heal the inner CEO? So I think one thing that has helped me was I learned that emotions are neither bad nor good. It's just data. It's information. And it lets you know where you are at that point. So like a lot of us, we were only taught two emotions happy you're saying, you know, that's it. And so we've never been taught how to give voice to our soul in being brutally honest with yourself. You're giving voice to your soul. You're being able to say, I am not happy. And we know happy is a temporary state. We're going for joy, but you can look at it and say, you know what? I'm not happy in this situation. I'm not happy in this marriage. I am not happy in this business. I don't like how I look physically. I don't like how I feel. So when you have that awareness and you're brutally honest, then now you give yourself a safe space to be able to process what you're feeling without judging. If you're angry, you're angry. If you're mad, you're mad. You know what I'm saying? Go get a pillar, hit the, hit the pillar, scream, yell. I remember one day, it was a couple of months ago, my mom was um, really sick and in the hospital and it was just so much that was going on. And one day I was in the car, in the parking lot before I went to see my mom and I was just screaming, I was yelling. I'm not a cursor. But I was cursing like a sailor. I was like, what is going on? But I needed to get it out. Like I was saying to myself, I was like, I am not feeling like myself. I am feeling sad. I feel like I need to cry. But it just was not coming out. And I just yelled and I screamed. But I was able to, number one, be honest with myself. Something was going on. Number two, I was able to process my feelings. Well, number one, name your feeling. I'm feeling sad. 
And then process it. Why am I feeling sad? I'm feeling overwhelmed. I feel like I'm out of alignment. And then number three, I asked myself, I'm like, what is it that you need? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think I need to cry, but I'm not crying. I was like, you know what? I think I need to yell and scream. And I did it and I felt so much better. So I think in healing, it is really being able to develop emotional intelligence or being able to give yourself permission to validate what it is that you need. Because a lot of us, we may have grown up with our parents telling us what we needed to do or kids should be seen and not heard. Or like, I think so many people have childhood trauma, just like they were not taught how to develop their emotions or what have you. So in healing, you've got to be okay with processing your emotions. Like I was talking to a client last week, we're supposed to be doing branding. And I was like, your brand will never outgrow your self-confidence in how you see yourself. Like we're trying to figure out what makes you unique, but you don't see yourself as unique. And come to find out that when she was a child, she was never allowed to give voice, you know, or opinions or say anything. So being aware, having a hard look, and then giving yourself safe space to process your emotions without judging. Because a lot of us would be like, well, I feel bad about feeling this way because she had feelings about her mom. And so what we had to say is that you can hold two spaces. You can hold a space of my mom did the best that she could. Mm-hmm. And then you can hold a space for yourself. But I still didn't get what I needed as a daughter. And so mm-hmm. now, because you're holding both of these spaces, you're not angry at her. You're not resentment towards her. You have compassion. But then you have compassion to yourself to start learning how to reparent yourself, to give yourself what you need. Yes. I know that was a lot, Amy. I don't even know if that answered your question. Yeah, I'm sure it did (laughs) because it's so great. It's everything. I mean, that's what we need is to know how to heal ourselves. I mean, whether it's their CEO inside, whether you're trying to build a brand, hurt people, hurt people, and healed people heal. Like heal other people by being their light and being the fullest expression of who they are in this world. I, I actually was thinking, I'm like, you got to heal your trauma so you're not an asshole. <laughs> you just said that whole thing right there because it shows up in every area of your life. Like even yep. for me, it showed up in my marriage. And I was so like, if my husband would just change, like we would just be okay. <laughs> I mean, like if he would change, we would be all right. And then what I realized was it wasn't him that needed to change. Like he is who he is. Like it's a, it's a as is purchase. Like when you purchase, like a lot of people... <laughs> A lot of people marry potential, right? And that potential may never be realized. But I think one of the key to marriages is when you show up as your true authentic self and they show up as their true authentic self and you don't try to change them or make them anything different. So what I realized is that I wasn't even showing up as my true authentic self in a marriage. I was showing up as my hurt self, my wounded self, my traumatized self. And so what people don't understand is Whoever you're in relationship with, whether it's your friends, your spouse, your partners, your clients, you're attracting them, like you said, Amy, based on your energy. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't like what's in your relationship, then you have to look at yourself. If you don't like the clients that you're attracting, you have to look at yourself and say, what is it in me that I need to heal that will no longer attract this? And so once I started doing the healing work and understanding that it is you, like you never knew how to have a relationship. You never knew how to set boundaries. So you're getting mad at somebody for crossing a boundary that you never set. Like Mm -hmm. you teach people how to treat you. So now if you're not treating yourself like you need to be treated, then why are you getting mad at somebody else? Because they're not treating you. 
And so what I noticed is that when I started doing my own work, when I started doing my own healing, when I started showing up and asking for what I wanted versus expecting him to just through osmosis or organically <laughs> figure it out, you know what I'm saying? Like we want this knight in shining armor and or we want our partner to be able to read my mind, know that I want you to give me flowers, know that I want you to take me out. You need to know that when I wear the color dress blue, you know, that you need to tell me I love you. So <laughs> I stopped all of that and I started understanding what I wanted and I was vocalizing, this is what I want. This is what I need. This is my boundaries. And that's when the marriage shifted. Not that he did like a whole lot of, like, so when I showed up differently, he had to respond to me different. Yes. And you were giving it to your, you're giving the love to yourself, right? Giving it to yourself. Give Which yourself makes you what even you sexier. Want. Makes you more attractive. Because <laughs> people are like, woo, what you got going on over there? That's great. What do you think is like the number one thing we need to know in order to avoid not being in alignment with? our business or becoming our fullest potential sit down we are so busy moving doing and what i learned is that busyness and hard work does not necessarily equal productivity yes but we're so busy moving doing like we're not taking the time to sit down and say you know what let me really think about what i want my life to look like let me think about what I want my business to look like, my relationships, my partnerships. Let me think about what I want it to look like. And then let me be honest with myself and say, is what I'm currently doing going to help me to get to what I want? Mm -hmm. And then after you do that, you have to have the courage to be able to do something different because it may not be like even last year this time. And I'm so grateful. My husband and I were going through divorce proceedings. God reconciled us, but we were going through divorce proceedings. But during the divorce proceedings was probably the first time that I sat down and I really wrote out what I wanted in a mate. Mm. And then I asked myself, am I those things? Mm. Okay. And then I realized that I was not all those things. So I'm expecting somebody to give me something that I am not. And so during the divorce proceedings, my husband and I were separated in the same house because it was COVID. You know, he was downstairs, I was upstairs, but it gave me space to really process those things and realize that at the core of what I, what I wanted, it was absolutely him. But I was so stuck in my mind of this isn't working. It's your fault. If you change, if you shift that I wasn't able to see it. So I had to sit down, get a clear vision and then be courageous enough to have the conversation because if it wasn't what I wanted, then I would have to have the courage to walk away and do something different. Mm. And so even in business, after I went through that, I had to look and say, the things that pay me like the most money in the business, like the things that just, just make my life financially great, I really don't enjoy those things the most. Mm. And so then I have to have the courage to be able to step out and say, Mm, am I going to do the thing that I feel like I am called most to do? Even though it may not at this point, because I'm building it, be the most financially rewarding. So am I going to stick true to what I, in my gut, know that I'm supposed to be doing? And so really developing your life, your business, the way that you want it, it takes courage because what you are doing may not be it. Right. And so once you have the awareness, right, you can just be like, okay, I see that. I'm going to put that back on the shelf because I'm not ready to do anything different. Like mm -hmm. you may look in your marriage and you may say, you know what? Hmm, it's me. I got to do the changing. I got to do the healing. 
And so even though you have the awareness, you may not have the commitment and the courage to do anything different. Like to not live status quo, it takes courage not to do what your friends are doing, not to, you know, get caught up in what society is doing, not to be on TikTok or Instagram dancing and singing. That's not authentic to you. you know? Right, right, right. Like it takes courage. Because I remember when we were doing our rebranding, my my branding person was just, or my social media person was sending me all these little videos and stuff that they were doing. I was like, I'm not going to be sitting up. Like that's, that's, not, that's not who I am. That's, right. not, that's not authentic. So I've got to figure out a different way to increase right. engagement, but that takes courage. It's easy to mm-hmm. just say, you know what, let me just go ahead and do what somebody else is doing. But it's right. totally different to, to sit down and really be authentic with yourself. Feels good. When you're authentic in alignment and you're not people pleasing and you're not conforming, you are like, I don't care if they don't, they don't like mm-hmm. me. I like me. <laughs> but how long did it take you to get to that point? So most people, when they're coming out the matrix, yeah, it takes a minute you, to get I to. I so mean, much. get out that matrix. <laughs> Which pill did you take, Amy, to get out the matrix? It was Which 16 years ago. <laughs> 16 years ago. So, yeah. how did you go from you know what? Mm, this is not really who I am to 16 years later. Like, yeah. I don't care if you don't like me. I like yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. No, I know because I have to live with me. That's the thing. Is like. We, you know, we fear disappointing people, right? But it's usually because we are afraid to lose them. But it's like, if they can't love you the way that you are, is it really worth having them in your life? It's definitely been a journey. And certainly I didn't learn it all 16 years ago. Like you said, you keep growing into your character and you keep releasing trauma and layers and reorganizing and sometimes taking things, putting them on the shelf and being like, okay, I'll deal with that eventually in my business as well. Like, there are some things that I, I'm like, I, I kind of still like doing that, but I, it makes me a lot of money. That's a good thing to do. And then I'm like, but what is it going to mean if I start switching things? And so I, thankfully I've done enough healing work and I've looked at myself really deeply that I'm like, whatever makes me happy has to be what I'm doing. You better say that one more time. I, mean, I don't think that the people in the back heard you. Say that one <laughs> more time. <laughs> say it again. You got to do again. what makes you happy. Cause, and, and also because you got to live with you. And if you're unhappy, whose fault is that? It's yours. And I think that is one of the biggest lessons that I learned is that you are responsible for your happiness. It's not Mm -hmm. your mate. It's not anybody else. You are responsible for your happiness. Period. Point blank. And I think that's why so many of us stay so busy because we don't want to sit down and be alone with ourselves mm. and deal with the things that we maybe subconsciously or even consciously know that we have to deal with. I know. It's not easy. Isn't that funny, though, in, in the regular world, <laughs> the people in the matrix, they think that doing the work is sort of like checking out and, and is woo-woo and is not worth it and things like that. Like that's the kind of mentality they have around it. But it's like, I was looking at at one of the popular magazines that just happened to come into my house from someone. And I was like, wow, they are totally bashing spirituality mindset and just saying like, oh, you can't manifest your life. And I'm like, who the fuck do you think is going to manifest it if it's not you? I I got so mad. I was like, I can tell. Fair. I can tell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I was pissed because I don't like people who disempower other people. The reality is like, there's so many people that are committing suicide. There's so many people that are depressed. There are so many because they are following what the world is saying. Mm-hmm. I've got to be this. I got to be that. I got to be this thing. I got to show up this way and not really saying, you know what? The way that God made you, 
or the way that you're a higher power, whatever you believe it made you is absolutely perfect. And so what you have to do is to kind of reconnect Mm -hmm. with yourself and understand that your purpose may be totally different than somebody else's. So instead of you trying to follow the path and do what somebody else is doing and not have joy, like you've got to sit and find your own inner joy. And it's a process. So just what's crazy is the process of developing and cultivating your spirituality can be just as it can be compared to the process of building your brand or finding the right marketing campaign. Like it is trial and error. You have to tap it into yourself, find your right voice, find what emotionally connects with somebody. It's the same thing. So it's not woo-woo. I just think people may just have not brought it down on a practical level. Like there are practical steps to healing. Just Mm -hmm. like you have to sit down and write down your brand values. You have to sit down and write down what you want your life to look like. Just like you have to develop a brand story. You got to talk about where you've been, you know, what you've done, who you were with. You got to sit down and heal and then talk about what you've been, who you've been in relationship with. So it's very similar. I just think maybe that it's not mainstream of the practical steps that you take to spirituality. They just see that you're in the garden and you're doing yoga and you're you're humming, right? Like that is just a part of reconnecting with yourself, but it's Mm -hmm. actual work that has to be done. Just like it's actual work. Right. But it's painful too in climbing the corporate ladder. Right. Playing the politics. It's painful. Dimming your light. It's painful in growing a business, spending 10 hours a day working when you're trying to build it. So it doesn't matter like what you're doing. It's going to be a consequence. It's going to be sacrifice. It's just at the end of doing all of this, like what is the result or what is the process that you're going through? So when you're doing your healing, yes, it may be painful in the beginning, but it continues to get easier. It continues to get easier and allows you to walk in joy and authenticity. Not necessarily so in some of these other areas. So you're still going to do the work. It's just which kind of work are you going to do and what's the end result? And so you can be over here grinding and hustling and doing all these other kinds of things and then pass down to your kids generational poverty mindset, generational you have to be a worker mindset. You have to do what other people tell you, or you can go down this path. Right. Or you can go down this path of you doing the work and pass down generational healing, generational blessings, generational wealth. So I don't think that people are making a clear distinction that either way, it's going to be work, but which one is going to help you and to help your legacy? Mm. So beautifully said. It's so important. that distinction. I'm so glad that you recorded this because I've never said that before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, you've got so many gems in here. It's, it's amazing. Is there anything else you want to share with us about how we can become the greatest version of ourselves and present ourselves in alignment in the world? I want to tell people to show yourself some compassion. Mm. Amy and I may be sitting up here today talking, but believe me, there are days when I am in my bed or in my closet, and I am saying to myself, where are these limiting beliefs coming from? Where did my confidence go? Like, I thought that I had graduated. Like, I thought I was at a different level. Or I may be having conversations with my husband, and I'm saying all kinds of things in my head. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like, I thought. And so don't look at us and think that we have arrived. Don't look at us that don't nope. think that we have days. Like, I listen to in the morning when I wake up, like positive mindset stuff. And so I'm like, yes, 
Oh, beast mode, lion mode. And sometimes I get through and I'm like, I don't feel like being in lion mode today. I, I, I don't feel like being in beast mode. I don't feel like doing it. And so just, uh, just understand that it's ebbs and flow is trial and error. Sometimes you get it right. Sometimes you don't get it right. Sometimes you mess up. Sometimes you don't. But it's just a part of it. As long as you're putting one foot in front of the other, as long as you're continuing to be authentic, then that's all that matters. And it's very difficult to do it by yourself. So find a support system, whether it's a counselor, it's a coach, it's a girlfriend, it's a support group, whatever, because there are going to be days when you're like, I am not feeling this. I, mm-hmm. I am just not feeling this and I don't want to do it. But above all, show yourself compassion, know that you are worthy and learn to validate your own self and not look to anybody else to validate you. If you know that this is what you're supposed to be doing in your life, whatever it is, career, family, marriage, whatever, I always say that when God talks to you and gives you your purpose, it is a one-way conversation between you and him. We try to make it a three-way call, a conference call, (laughs) getting our friends advice. What do you think? Our family. And they don't understand it. And they weren't meant to understand it. So Mm -hmm. get silent. Go inward to yourself. And just know that it's going to be fear there. Your uh, your limiting beliefs are going to come up. And so I say fear. Face everything and rise. Face it. Hit your fear head on. Understand why you have it. And then fail forward. And fail is simply first attempt and learning. So just is starting the process of reframing. And the easiest way to do it is whatever area in your life that you're having struggle with, listen to people that have made it or listen to people that are further on the journey than you and just inundate yourself because whatever entertains you, trains you. Whatever entertains you, trains you. I like that. I haven't heard that before. Whatever entertains. So look at what you're looking at for entertainment. Mm -hmm. And if it's a bunch of junk TV or reality TV or whatever, then that's probably what's going to show up in your life. I like that. Yeah. It's very true. And it is so true. Last week was an exceptionally rough week for me in terms of where are these limiting beliefs coming from? Where's this programming? How how have I been putting up with this? Like, I was like, oh my God. It was just staring me straight in the face this whole time. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And like you said, you need friends, coaches, healers around you and people who you can bounce this stuff off because thank God for my friend, Jen McNerney. I mean, she just set me straight. <laughs> Yay, Jen! Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm lucky. If you don't, you'll stay stuck there. And then it could end up becoming permanent. So you need somebody to be like, hey, wait a minute, what's going on? Let's snap out of this. Let's talk through it and let's move on. Let's find the truth of this. Let's find the truth of it and deal with it. And even when you uproot it, as you continue to go to the next level, it's just doing deeper healing. And so additional stuff may rise. Mm -hmm. So you may deal with the limiting beliefs about money or whatever on the surface. But as you keep going deeper, their way is other limiting beliefs down there that come up. So I mm-hmm. don't even know if it's a thing of a, like, I don't ever think you arrive or you no. evolve. You're, it's nope. the I-N-G, you're uh, evolving, you're always arriving. Right. Yeah, that's why I have a problem with this whole idea of enlightenment. Um, like, I don't think, unless you're just on the other side and that eventually happens, I don't think that you ever get that while you're here. So I think Because you have to be constantly growing. I think you innately know if you've made it, you aren't there. You did. I yeah. mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, that's it. Like right. your chapter has closed. But yeah. I do think it's important for us to share and say, because they'll look at us and think that we have it all together. No, no. no we have mm-hmm. it all together on this podcast. 
right? right. We, sh- right. <laughs> we, we but, sort this shit out quietly. <laughs> exactly. We just don't tell y'all about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I so. think it's important because they see this world of social media. People are only posting like the good stuff. Like you have a few that are being authentic, but the most people are just posting the good stuff and you don't understand that that's, that's not every day for them. That's the day that they recorded and posted it on, mm. on, on social media. Yeah. Yep. 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 Absolutely. It has been so much fun talking to you. You are a new friend of mine, I hope. And, uh, yes, we're friends. You didn't know that? We're connected. I am. I'm really grateful that I found you. And, and thank you so much for coming on the show. Can you please tell everybody where we can find out more about you and connect with you? And you have you have amazing offers. So please tell everybody about those too. Yeah. So you can connect with me on all social media platforms at Coach T. Renee. That's T-R-E-N-E-E. So at Coach T. Renee. And then you can also connect with me at the ceo.life. That's T-H-E-C-E-O dot L-I-F-E. And I do have a lot of free content out there. But one thing I want to encourage you all to get is the five-day free CEO Confidence Challenge. And it doesn't matter if you're a CEO or a business or if you're just a CEO of your life. And it really walks you through the things as your first step in helping you to get rid of those limiting beliefs. So Take action today, guys. If whatever you heard, something on here that resonates with you and you've been looking for a sign, you know how we like, I'm looking for a sign, send me a sign. You know, okay, this is your sign. So if you've been asking for a sign, this is it. it. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? It was a joke where it said it was a man that was on top of a high story building and he was asking for God to send him help. So a man came by with a helicopter. He was like, "I, I don't need that. I'm waiting on God. Then a man came out with a boat. Then a man came out with something else. The guy died. He got to heaven and was like, God, what happened? He's like, I sent you three people like you never did anything. So <laughs> if you're looking for a sign, this is it. Don't be like the man right. that had all this. Right. and that. Okay. Go to the CEO.life. Get the free challenge. You don't have to spend the money. Get the free challenge and do the work. Yeah, for sure. I have a funny story about the sign. I had just been dating my uh, now wife. She went over to Africa and I was really sad and I'm driving home. and I'm like, I just want to know everything's going to be okay. Give me a sign. So the song that we had been became our song or whatever was on the radio. And I'm like, that's always on. Never mind. See? So I change it. <laughs> so I change Raising it. Raising the bar. You raising the bar. Ain't I know. I know. But they, they, they totally came through. So the next song that came on was I saw the sign. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that was funny. Yeah, I was like, okay, let me just be real clear. clear. Yeah, and we wound up getting married, so everything was okay. Um, Yeah, isn't that funny? Oh, man. So don't be like Amy. Don't keep raising the bar. When the sign comes. Plus, it gets trickier. (laughs) I have loved talking to you, and uh, I I really, I I love everything that you're doing in the world. Thank you for shining your light so bright. It's really Thank you for having me on. This was amazing. I love your energy. Oh, thank you. Same here. If you love today's podcast, you're going to love the UR Energy course. I'm going to drop the link below so you can pick up that course. I go much more in depth about the science behind healing, and I share the tools and techniques that I use every single day to help my body heal. All content provided by Amy Stark and or her guests on the Stark Transformation Show website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats, are created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist.